With just two preseason games left on Miami's schedule, there's still a debate as to who will start at point guard for the Heat. We'll break down the latest news on who gets the nod moving forward. Plus, where does the Heat rank on ESPN's watchability ranking? And we look ahead to tonight's matchup versus the Brooklyn Nets and what to expect. All that and more in today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are locked on Heat. Your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. Joining me as always is David Linnell. However you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Great show for you today. We'll get to whether or not the Heat are fun to watch before looking ahead to tonight's penultimate preseason game against the Nets and who we expect to play. But let's start with the news out of Heat practice yesterday, and that's that Kyle Lowry is no longer on a minutes restriction, David, that he still expects to start at point guard this season as well. So Eric Spolster was asked about this, as he always is, still has not committed publicly to his starting lineup. But given that the minutes restriction, at least they're saying is no longer a thing. Right. And remember last year, he came back from like a 15 game absence. They limited him basically between 23 and 26 minutes a night, essentially, for the rest of the regular season and for the playoffs. And he played much better, but he also came off the bench behind Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent's no longer here. Kyle Lowry and Josh Richardson are, are sort of embattled in this point guard uh, battle here. A little bit of a, con- a point guard controversy, but should be also mentioned Sunday night's game against the Grizzlies. Kyle Lowry got the start. Also worth mentioning in that game, Josh Richardson was not available for that game. So very tough to figure out who Spo is going to go with that point guard. I'm not even sure he knows, although I, I figure at this point he's got to have a pretty good idea. Based on the news out of practice yesterday, do you think that this is a strong hint that Kyle Lowry is going to be the starting point guard on opening night? I haven't wavered from that. I, I think that's pretty been been pretty much his job to lose. And I think everybody can keeps getting lost. You know, you mentioned what happened last season. The he played better coming off the bench. He played better because he sat out for like a month. And at, during that time, which many people wondered whether or not his career with the Heat was mm-hmm. done, whether they just trade him or buy him out or figure something else out with his contract. And he wound up coming back to everybody's chagrin and he wound up being effective in that role of the bench. He came back healthy and that's why he played better. And I think he's healthy now. That's why the minutes restriction has been lifted. Given that, I still think he's going to start, and I think Josh is going to come off the bench. I'm starting to lean that way also. At this point, it would be a little bit of a curveball to start Josh Richardson at point guard, and not just because I thought I think Kyle Lowry has played pretty well in the preseason. He has. Um, but even when Josh Richardson is on the court, he's he said yesterday after practice that he's been getting reps exclusively with the point guards at practice and at training camp and all these things. But I'm watching these games. The, the game that he played, he didn't play point guard basically at all, right? Like when right. he was on the court, it was either with Kyle Lowry or it was with Tyler Hero. And one of them was usually handing, handling the ball. Like even Drew Smith, who doesn't really do a whole lot of anything on the court, has played more point guard than Josh Richardson yeah. during the preseason, right? So at, to, to start Josh Richardson at point guard, and I understand that the Heat don't really need a nominal point guard when you have guys like Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo uh, who can who can control the ball. And that would be, I guess, the one swerve, right, is, look, Jimmy hasn't even played at all this preseason yet. We'll get into whether or not he's going to play tonight against Brooklyn. But so far, as we, you and I are recording this, he hasn't even played. 
So does that change maybe the balance of the chemistry and all these things that if he's in that starting lineup, then you don't even really need Kyle Lowry. And maybe I think there was something to be said about Kyle Lowry kind of plays better without Jimmy Butler and Jimmy Butler kind of plays better without Kyle Lowry on the court. It actually had made sense for Spolster to split them up last year. So I don't know. We'll see. But based on all these things, based on the fact that there's no minutes limit on him, based that he's based on the fact that he's healthy and based on the fact that there's not like this amazing other option out there, right? They haven't been grooming a Gabe Vincent for a while the way that they had last year where Gabe Vincent was even arguably better than Kyle Lowry two years ago in the playoffs, right? So you could, there, there is no Gabe Vincent on this roster. So you could say like, look, you know, it's not a great, we don't have any great options. Kyle Lowry, at least he's reliable. He gets the table set for everybody else. He pushes the pace. He does these things. And by the way, if we start him, we kind of avoid any sort of locker room tension and locker room problems. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, You know, we talked about Tyler's role in the last episode, and I think like it makes sense to kind of have Kyle playing a Luxite role, a Tyler, because I think for one, he he's he doesn't need the ball as much. And you want to see those lineups where Tyler gets to cook and stuff like that. And I don't know, again, we haven't seen Jimmy play at all in the preseason, so we wonder how that's all going to blend together. But I kind of like that pairing uh, a little bit more than the Josh Richardson Tyler Hero pairing because I think Josh is going to want to do some things on ball. He's going to want to be able to to create a little bit more for himself. I, at least that's his it expectation. Also, he has. I mean, it also bit, keeps Tyler off the ball a little bit, which I, I think the Heat don't want Tyler Hero on the ball all the time. As much, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We talked about that because I mean, he can he can over dribble, kind of dribble out a shot clock, and then all of a sudden he's got to put up a shot, which you know can sometimes go in. But he's but an he's elite catch be... and shoot guy off the ball too, coming off the screens and all these things. If you can mix exactly. some of that in with a real point guard, that can help. That could be helpful. Now, I guess you could do that with Bam or Jimmy as well. Like nobody's stopping them from passing Tyler Hero the ball coming off of a screen. But um, what, look, I, I, what do you make a what do you make of the concern? And I know a lot of people have mentioned this to us. What do you make of the concern of playing both Kyle and Kevin Love and seeing them both as uh, ne- negative, you know, defenders along with Tyler Hero, who's not a, a positive defender at this point in his career yet? I mean, they played Kevin Love, Gabe Vincent, and Max Struess together and made the finals. Like, I don't know that it stops this team as long as Bam and yeah. Jimmy are available, right? So, yeah. um. I, at this point, honestly, like I know that, you know, Miami Heat fans and the Miami Heat themselves are obsessed with being a great defense and an elite defense all the time. I'm kind of bored of the defense thing. I would rather them be a really good <laughs> offense. And by the way, yeah. high end offenses have actually translated more towards regular season wins over the last basically half decade than elite defenses. Now, you need to be you have to re- reach a certain threshold defensively to win the championship. But right. I don't know that the Heat can just think championship or bust right now. They got to think, hey, we can't be in the playing tournament again because it was real close last year. So I would lean towards offense if, if, if it was up to me. Now, just because Kyle Lowry doesn't have that minutes restriction, he could kind of still play that Kevin Love role where they, they start games. And you've brought this up before, David, where they start games and then maybe they their early substitutions out. And they're not playing 35 minutes. They're not playing starters minutes, even though they're starting. And they, they might not even be closing games, especially in Kevin Love's case, depending on the matchup. Right. Um, and I think with Kyle Lowry, it could be very much like last year. Like people forget he didn't start, but he closed a lot of games when he played well. And then when it was an off night for him, they, they would go with Gabe Vincent or somebody else. I think they still have that option, even if they start Kyle Lowry, right? You could still get into different rotations and different substitution patterns and all these things that end up closing halves and closing games with different kinds of lineups. Um just because there's not a minutes restriction, I still don't think we're going to see him playing 30-plus minutes a night. I don't think that makes sense for him at 37 years old. And you want to yeah. keep him fresh. 
part of the reason he was on a minutes restriction last year isn't because he sucked or something. It's because he let he, there was a point in the in the season <laughs> yeah. where he led the league right. in minutes played. Like he right. played so many minutes because the Heat were dealing with so many injuries early in the season that it wore on him. And he's talked about this publicly. But you can keep those minutes down and control them and you know, kind of marathon, not a sprint this thing. And I think that would behoove Lowry. I think it would behoove the Heat. I think it would help everybody all the way around. We're all feeling behooved here. I, I, I agree 100%. It's like, you know what? You want this to be a, a, a long playoff run again. And I, I think Kyle doesn't seem likely to get moved. I know we talked about the possibility at the trade deadline, but that's months down the road. For now, if you want to stay within the thick of being a team that can avoid the play-in and perhaps even contend for home court advantage in the playoffs, you start them, you play them 25 minutes a game. I think that's fair. Keep them under the 30-minute threshold for sure. We're kind of obsessing over the starting nod, but it doesn't really matter. And we've talked about the team's depth before, and there's so many different options. Like, we haven't even seen a second of Caleb Martin or Jimmy Butler this preseason. So all of this is kind of yeah. very, very still vague and up in the air. But you know they're going to get their time. And we still have Haywood Highsmith. We have other guys in this roster that need playing time as well. Speaking of that depth also, like, if you start Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero, part of the benefit then is that, that you can get into that second unit with Tyler Hero right. maybe running the show, a Tyler Hero Cooks lineup with guys like Jaime Hawkins and Haywood Highsmith and Nikola Jovic and all these guys that, that, that people are so excited about. So that could also be part of this too is the calculus Spolstra has in terms of what rotations, what lineups he wants to get to throughout the entire game, not just, to your point, David, the one that starts the game, which doesn't usually end up being the most important one. So um, we'll talk about all this more. Plus, are the Heat fun to watch? I don't think they are. I'm going to tell you why after this. Today's episode of Locked on Heat is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Look, I love my Bird Dogs. They make me look good with their stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh to give the leg a truly sculpted look. To put it another way, Bird Dog shorts doing the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better and are better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. You don't want that. So Bird Dogs fixes this issue by inventing a cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Again, they fit like your best gym shorts, but they don't look like gym shorts. You don't look like a like a slob out there wearing <laughs> some pair of <laughs> the same pair that you just wore on leg day, right, or at, at Publix. Like, no, these are nice khakis. They come in great colors like khaki, like navy, like gray, like all these other colors. So you look put together. Plus, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So you smell good, too. And it doesn't stink like your gym shorts either. Trust me. Get yourself a pair. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter the promo code LockedOnNBA at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app every day. Or make sure you tune in later tonight or tomorrow morning for a recap of Miami's penultimate 
preseason game. I don't know. Preseason is a little not serious enough to use the word penultimate. Penultimate feels like a big deal. Yeah, like last game of the regular season if the standings matter right. or maybe well, in like the series penultimate or episode like of Breaking Bad. Like that gets must penultimate. watch television. Right. Yeah, this <laughs> isn't necessarily must watch television, but but we will tell you if you are going to watch what to watch in our next segment. But here, every season, Zach Lowe of ESPN ranks all the teams in terms of watchability. So he considers things like style of play, star mm-hmm. power, the uniform and the court design, the quality of the broadcast, things like that. This year, he's got the Heat ranked 22 out of 30. So there's only what seven teams that are least less watchable than Miami now. Yes. Now, to Miami's credit, they are up five spots from last season when they ranked 27th Ooh. going into the year. So here's part of what he wrote about the Heat. Some teams make scoring seem effortless. With the Heat, you notice the effort. You get anxiety sweats watching them sprint and cut and screen pass just to open one alleyway. Miami last season was 26th in offensive efficiency, 29th in pace, 28th in dunks. And first among good teams in making you wonder, are they ever going to score again? It's not it's, wrong. It's he, it's it's not wrong. And it's he perfectly it. it's perfectly written. Yeah, he absolutely nails it. And look, he's not alone in this, David. I don't think that the Heat are very watchable. In fact, I think that they should probably be lower than 22nd because the team that he has ranked behind them is the Orlando Magic at 21, whose preseason game I watched last night because they are so fun to watch and also in part because they were playing Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans. I enjoy watching That was Zion. a fun game. It was a fun I, although, game. I, was, I want to add, kind of piggyback on this, not to interrupt here, but it's it just – has it seemed like preseason has been even sloppier than usual? Mm. Am I a little more jaded at this point? Because I was I'm not expecting like these incredible, but there was just a lot of like putting up three, bad pass, turnover, putting up a three, bad pass. It's like six possessions and nobody's even scored. And it's just like, I know this is preseason. Maybe it'll click at some point, but maybe I'm just so kind of still wired from this deep playoff run for Miami that I'm thinking like that's the last the level basketball, basketball you expect- watched was NBA finals, like perfection between the yeah. Heat and Nuggets, where just both teams were just executing at a high level, but Summer League um, didn't happen. Summer League didn't happen. <laughs> That's true. You did go to Summer League. So I, and that is a little surprising that you watched that and now you're like, wow, this, I, I, this seems sloppy. I don't know. Um, Maybe it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's just being with it kind of like you're in the mode of like watching TV and you're watching the right. games at home. And all of a sudden you just see like these plays after plays. But Orlando's fun. Miami, not so fun. I, look, I, I understand. on this, by the way. We hate watching <laughs> this team during the regular season. We are so, op- we hate watch and hate cover. This team in the regular season, they are god-awful to watch. I think some Heat fans would say, oh, we love the the screening and the cutting. It's basketball purity. It is. Oh, my God. Nobody's saying it's not. But just because it's pure basketball doesn't mean that it's a whole lot of fun to watch. Sometimes, and David, I've been pining for this. It's the reason why I wanted them to trade for Kevin Durant or Damian Lillard. Sometimes I just want a guy to just walk down the court and shoot a contested three and just make it. And it look easy. But the Heat don't have those players, and they don't do those things. No, like what? What Heat player will top forty points in a game this year? None. I I don't see it. Like maybe Tyler flirts with thirty. Maybe Bam and Jimmy have like a, a big monster game. But like somebody who's just gonna go out there and get you buckets like that and put up you know put up those kind of points, those numbers that make the watching of these games more interesting. I don't think that player is on Miami's roster. And, it's just it makes it difficult to see them. And he again, what but Lowe says is really on point. Like they milk the shot clock down to the last yep. second. 
and maybe it's a Tyler Hero fadeaway and you know contested in the lane or something like that. Maybe it's a corner three from Highsmith or something like that, or Kevin Love, maybe. But you know, these aren't fun possessions to watch. It's they're not moving the ball with intent to echo Eric Spolster. Right. It's just kind of like, well, oh, we have I mean, to do something. They are moving it with intent, but like well, this is not a team that's a and that's sort of the problem. Sometimes I don't want the intent, so, like with all the <laughs> movement. Sometimes get it done, boy. Like, yeah. Who's where's LeBron driving down the lane, flying death machine, and just dunking it and saying, "The hell with your intent." I'm LeBron James. You know that's the stuff that people want to see. You and I talked about this last year. How little the Heat were even on like the House of Highlights Instagram page. It wasn't like, and and you don't like you could and people will be tempted to blame the national media for not paying attention to the Heat. Tell me the highlight that didn't make it. Like there's just like Kyle or Tyler Hero's game winner on uh, against the Utah Jazz. On, on New Year's Eve, made it. That was maybe the biggest highlight of the year for them. Yeah. And so I don't. It, there's not a whole lot of highlights to go around. There's not a whole bunch of stuff that or these like little five second snippets that that House of Highlights or ESPN or all these play, uh, places are ignoring. You know, and so twenty eighth and dunks. I mean, that's it right there. Twenty eighth and dunks. You know what they lead the league in is stuff like boxing out and not fouling. It's really <laughs> hard to build a highlight package around not fouling. Woo! And 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 boxing out. Look, it's great. It's heat culture. It's all the stuff that that everybody's propagandizing all the time. But it doesn't lend itself to great watchability. And David, I'm really scared that we're going to end up going into another season where you and I are just so bored of this team by December. Because the thing I kept saying last year was this team has to work so hard just to win games, just to be competitive. Yeah. They have to play like it's April in January. And the great thing about some of these other teams that rank so high in watchability is that they could just play like it's January Post. in January, right. you know? And so I think the Heat are extremely fun to watch in the playoffs, but part of that too, and this should be mentioned, is that Jimmy Butler turns it up a notch very <laughs> yeah. purposely. If Jimmy Butler played like he did in the playoffs with the, with the trash talking and all that stuff all the time, all season long, this team would be very high in watchability, but they would not be very successful in the postseason because he would be worn out. Yeah, getting to the line nine times in the middle of a 95 to 94 win over the Kings or something like that isn't exactly must watch television. Uh, what about the other other factors aside from the on court product, the the uniforms, the court design, uh, the broadcasters? Because I know he takes that into consideration. Where yeah. does do you think he was fair in, in rating those things? Because I know he's already been criticizing that like same. We didn't get the algorithm here. We don't like have his like point totals here. He doesn't say anything necessarily about the broadcast, although you and I have been pretty consistent on this. Uh, Eric Reed is a pro's pro. He's your yes. favorite play-by-play is guy, favorite play-by-play. Like he's been doing it forever. Um, yep. And I think Crotty actually was pretty good last year. He's he's, he's gotten better. better. He's, he's gotten better. more comfortable. Um, they're starting to develop a little bit of chemistry there. Um, in terms of the broadcast, I think it's clean. Uh, yep. I was watching one of those preseason games, David, last night, and it was the uh, the Bucks game. And Giannis dunked it, and I didn't know what had happened. They basically just showed his hand in the basket, and I was like, where was the play? A lot of these broadcasts get really sloppy, and they just like pan away to somebody's face or some fan, whatever, not doing anything yeah. important, and you miss half the game or half the possession. The Heat's broadcast, like, look, we're usually there for home games, so I'm not, and I'm sure they do make mistakes, but they seem pretty clean overall um, and not making as many mistakes. And by the way, I watched the OKC thing. If you think yeah. the Heat, 
or, or spewing propaganda or somebody like that, try watching a Thunder game, dude. They're like, like if you watch the Thunder play the the Bucks last night, they're like the you would have come away with that if you just listened to the Thunder broadcast. Like the Bucks have no chance in hell this year. They're probably going to be picking in the lottery. And how do the Thunder not win their fifth championship in a row this year? Like that's what you would have been coming away with. They don't do they, they do a little bit of that because you have to because you're the home team in Miami, but they don't do it as much as OKC. I'm going along on this. No, no, it's a fair point. Just random complaints. I think, think, hey, did you watch the kiss cam in Orlando too? I'm sure you were happy with that. Uh, The one thing I will say uh, that Zach Lowe nailed, and you and I disagree on this a little bit, is the the uniform design, which you and I got a sneak peek of, uh, and and those will be uh, revealed at some point. Although I do think that there's some stuff going around on, on social media with some leaked photos and stuff, but um let's talk about that next we'll talk about where where espn stands where you and i stand after this and then we'll tell you what you need to watch in tonight's preseason penultimate preseason game against the brooklyn nets that's coming <laughs> dun, up dun, dun, dun. today's episode is brought to you by fanduel snap into action this nfl season with fanduel america's number one sportsbook right now new customers get 200 dollars in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets whether you win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You can bet the under 100 points for Miami almost every game of the season. That's what makes them so unwatchable. Anyway, go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Every day is tune in tomorrow or later tonight, late tonight. Yes. For our takeaways from Miami's preseason home game against the Brooklyn Nets. We'll get to uh, what we want to watch from this game, but let's just wrap up this watchability conversation here. Um, the uniforms. There's been leaked images. They're really leaning into like the heat culture thing of it all. Um, I understand when Zach Lowe writes, people are going to roll their eyes. At this, mm-hmm. and I have been on this for a couple of years now. But look, heat culture is a real thing. I wrote a whole story for the Ringer about heat culture being a real thing, and and it basically heat culture carried Miami to the finals last year, right? It's a real thing. It, you talk to players; it's a real thing. But just because it's a real thing doesn't mean you need to put it on everything. It doesn't need to be the hashtag for everything. It doesn't need to be on the uniforms. It doesn't need to be like we are one. If 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 Kaseya didn't come through. With a sponsorship deal, this arena might have been called Heat Culture Arena, for all I know, because Ooh. of Miami's just desire to just slap that hashtag on literally everything. It's like their tag, like if they were in, like doing graffiti around downtown Miami. Like I don't understand why this, they're just let Heat Culture live as its own little thing. Find another hashtag. You don't have to put it on the uniforms. I'm sort of over it. I'm sort of over it. And I'm sorry if anybody from the Miami Heat from an executive team and people that are doing this are in charge of this, but you nailed it with Miami Vice. Like, I don't know. I just like the heat culture thing. Like, it just seems like it it was too easy. It was just sitting there and you just did it. I'm going to withhold judgment um, because, you know, I've done some reporting on in the past. And, and, you know, they when it comes to the design of their jerseys, and I was told that those might not be the official jerseys that are Mm -hmm. leaked uh, or have been leaked. Maybe there's something else up their sleeves. I don't know whether they are or not. I actually personally like them, but I'm, you know, old and boring, I suppose most people would say. And in terms of like, the, whatever jersey they do let out, 
there's always a story behind it. They're not just crafting a jersey because they are so they have led the league in in total sales for years. There is they are they very do. intent with how they do their jerseys. Like I think about the Orlando Magic Orlando Magic's uh great jersey from a Stripes. couple of years. Oh yeah, okay. Great orange. And you're like, yeah. why? And like, th- there was no rhyme or reason. They put orange on a gray jersey because they're in Orange County or something. I'm like, what? Like, that doesn't. Yes. That's not even a little bit of thought. Like, did some, yeah, like, that's, nobody like, even somebody, knows, right? Well, somebody <laughs> forgot to do their homework, uh, and they they made it up that morning and, and turned it in late. Um, look, I, I'm with what, you. There's what, a lot what, of intent what, with what the Heat do with their with their stuff. What is a good Miami color? Like, what is like uh, the vice the colors? Vice ones you can't were go great. Back. The problem you is you, you kind of did it already. It was yeah. overkill. Um, I don't know. That's not my job, David. It's their job. I don't know. I don't like, know. We're not I want to figure it out right here. I want to kind of think about it. Like, what's so symbolic of Miami? Especially you know what you could have done? Have... Like, I would have loved like a Miami. Like, I guess maybe there's some copyright infringement here, but like a Miami hurricane, like something with like, or I would have loved because the hurricanes, FAU, the Owls, and Miami all like basically made the final four of their respective tournaments. Like to do something that was just like uh, an ode to South Florida basketball would have kind of been cool, but again, I don't know how that works. But that's that's just off the top of my head, and I love that idea. I think that's a million dollar idea. In general, I think Miami's court, whatever, we could disagree. Miami's court, <laughs> Miami's court design is really good. Yeah. I will, I want to point that out. They always do a great job with the altern- alternate courts too, um, but it's classic. And there, there's part of that classic court design that I like. And you look around the league and so many people are doing like weird, fancy things. Uh, even like Zach Lowe even wrote about this, about how like you got like these weird like silhouettes against the court of like forests and stuff. Like it just looks ridiculous. It's not very cool looking. I'm 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 against all of it. Just have a normal basketball court. Like the reason people love like the parquet floors in Boston is just because it's been there forever. Oh, right. And there's Lord. something to be said about Miami's court. It's just been this way for a very long time. And I, I think they do a good job with all that stuff and and all that. Um, can we go back to just their style of play? Because uh, you know, you and I are being sure. truthful in that they're hard to watch. But I do want to say this: uh, we are very excited to watch the Heat this season. There are things to be excited about, and we do hope that you tune in. Um, but it, it's sort of like I feel like you. It's 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 an acquired taste, right? I guess this would be a fair way to put the heat style I, of play. If I was just a fan, I would be much more a heat fan specifically. And I, I'll, I'll put yes. that as a caveat. You have to be a heat fan. You can watch 82 games and That's still sort of wind up point. enjoying this. Yeah. But to cover the team, to kind of hope and try to create, like, or even from the content perspective, like how do you analyze? Well, hell they took 23 seconds to get a shot off. And oh, you know, go- one thing that's going to help their watchability this year is that they're probably not going to be one of the worst five three-point shooting teams in the league again because let's that was, hope not let's well hope that, not. i mean i really hope not they're probably not gonna be number one in three-point percentage like they were two years ago but they probably won't be like the worst like they were last year either um also to your point david like if you're a sacramento kings fan i don't know that you have a whole lot of reason to watch the heat on league pass right like these are basically league pass rankings ranked against the other teams like if you're just a neutral nba fan i don't know that you're going out of your way to watch miami in december and january but you do really want to tune in when they're in the playoffs because that's when it gets good um yeah, yeah. What to watch uh, in tonight's Heat game against the Nets, the penultimate preseason game, as we're putting it. Um, in other words, the second to last preseason game. I got two things. All right. We're calling this that. We don't really know. We don't have a name for this segment yet. We're kind of loosely calling it the algorithm 
right? Kind of like how your Spotify and Amazon Prime recommends things for you. It's locked on heat recommends. All right. So we're doing the algorithm here. Two things that the algorithm is pulling up that I have. I don't know what your algorithm is telling you, David. But the first thing is who plays for the heat? That to me is the number one thing I'm watching for. This is their best chance at a dress rehearsal in this preseason if they want to do it during a game. Eric Spolster said uh, yesterday that, hey, they want to try to get to a dress rehearsal at some point in the preseason, but that could just be in practice. I would argue that a practice is not a dress rehearsal. You kind of want to go against another team. But yep. this, the last game of the, of the preseason is in Houston, and I don't know that they're going to want to take all their the, the entire team to Houston in the first place uh, or wait until the last game of the preseason to do that dress rehearsal on the road. So if, if there was going to be a dress rehearsal in a preseason game, it would be yeah. tonight. In other words, that's when Jimmy would play. That's when Caleb yep. would play. That's when Nikola Jovic would show back up. Does not sound like Hakez is going to be available, but no, Butler, out. Jovic, and Caleb were all uh, partial participants in practice on Tuesday. So that's what I'm watching for. Is this that's, is that's, this Miami's dress rehearsal? That is one thing for sure. I thought Jimmy would play tonight. I, I I'm I don't know. If I'm predicting it necessarily, but I, I think Jimmy plays tonight because he wants to at least play one game, and it maybe matters little to him. But I think just to go out there and just get a stretch taste your legs a little bit, yeah. First half only. He won't be out there in the third quarter, whatever. But just to go out there again and kind of get a taste for it, I think we absolutely need to see it. The other thing I have is Ben Simmons. Like Ooh. I'm, I'm I watch Ben Simmons like that. If you want interesting, he is like the encapsulation of all the the criticism that the NBA gets for being a soap opera. Look no further than Ben Simmons. He is the soap opera of the NBA over the last few years. He said he wants to be an all-star in like the Australian Vogue that takeout that he was a part of. He wants to be an all-star again this year. And look, man, he's had some moments this preseason. He kind of looks good. He's played a bunch of minutes. He's shooting 50%, 58% overall. He's totaled 24 points, 21 assists, 13 rebounds, and five steals in three games. I think he's going to be a test for the Heat to defend, especially in transition. He looks good. I'm 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 kind of excited to see what Ben Simmons looks like. Yeah, that's a that a difficult matchup for Miami. Like, who who picks him up? Is it Kevin Love? Like, I mean, Oof. does he even play tonight? Like, I, I I wonder. You know, it's a it's a big question there. So I, it's going to be interesting. I like Brooklyn. I, I I talked about them in this week's Locked On NBA episode as a team that's on the rise or a team that's kind of doing something. They're going somewhere, and I think I like the way that you you're building a team now without a clear superstar or at least not the way that they did a couple of years ago they were a fun team like four years ago and then they said you know what let's let's blow this all up let's get Kyrie Irving noted oh, you're such welcome an NBA guy in the locker. this is why you this is why you're able to do podcasts six days a week it's like you you prefer the Spencer Dinwiddie uh who else was on that team like the Karis LeVert Brooklyn Nets yeah. no D'Angelo Russell Harden, Kyrie Irving Nets were way more fun they didn't do anything. They didn't no, win not. anything. That was kind of the yeah, reason they, why they were so fun. But when they did play it, like those two minutes after, they played on the court were amazing. <laughs> but after years, like after they had traded all their picks and they were one of those bleak teams with no outlook whatsoever, they kind of retooled themselves and had this really fun group to watch with uh, yeah, Jared Allen. And I mean, that was a group. And they were like, you know what? Let's just go for Super. team went 500. People like romanticize that Brooklyn Nets team. It's like, we're really building something here. It's like, you went 500. You found Karis LeVert. <laughs> And Jared we, Allen, we, we've talked about 41 and 41, the 2016 Heat, you know, forever. And that was like one of the funnest that wasn't and a good absolute team. worst. It was, was it a good team? But it was a good team to watch. Like it was it was emotional. Like you got caught up in it. Like, you know what? As much, you know, you, you I, I was an early Marlins fan. And the 97 team was really fun. 
because a lot of the players were like stars and they were brought in. And that was the whole thing, right? When they were going up against the, the, whatever matchup it was in their series. I want to say the Indians. It Which was like 97 series. 97. Yeah. yeah 97. Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a bot. You know, I remember uh, what's his name? Costas, Bob Costas complaining about the way Hyzinga had bought all these players and everybody trashed him. And to some degree he was right. And they blew it up, right? The very next season, they traded all these right. great players away. And then they started building through their farm system. They had a good pitching staff. They had a good player here, a good player there. And then they kind of started building up. And then the next time they went to the series, a lot of those guys were still holdovers from that team. And that's what made it so worthwhile. To me, the 2003, yeah, 2003 World Series, Tops 97, just no by just likability. Like the fact that these guys came up and had these big People moments. People ignore that they went and spent a bunch of money on Pedro Rodriguez and then they traded for Derek Lee to fill their first base need at the trade deadline and all these things. It's not like this was just a bunch of homegrown guys, although it was Mikel Cabrera and Don Charles Willis as rookies. They did bring back Damn Jeff right. Conine, but he, he left. That's right. After 97. So, like, you know, I've got late 90s, early 2000s Marlins baseball ready to go. Um, I don't know how this relates to what we're talking about. Uh, the the Brooklyn Nets being watchable because they okay. are they are building back more up more watchable right than the Heat. I don't know yes. who's going to score on that team either, man. I don't know who's going to top no. forty points. That's the thing. I was like, I don't know. This that's a team just made of NBA nerds' favorite players like Cam Johnson, Mikal Bridges. People act like they're the Hall of Fame, like first ballot Hall of Famers. Nick I think they're Claxton. fine players. Yeah, I, I I like Nick Claxton quite a lot. I I think he's probably you wrote the second. about him last year. Yeah, I think he's the second or third best defensive. Ah, probably third best defensive center in, in, in the Eastern conference behind Bam and, and Joel Embiid. But um, wow. anyway, heard Allen Erasure here. <laughs> Jerry Allen still is not grabbing any rebounds. He's, he's still <laughs> being out rebounded by the Knicks as we speak. Um, he's also injured right now. So we'll see. But um, my point is I'm, 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 I'm a little excited to see the Ben Simmons soap opera live in person tonight. Um, it's going to be fun game. It will be, um, it will be a fun game. It'll be very watchable, even though it's a preseason Woo. game. Uh, make sure you tune in after the game for our takeaways from the game. We'll get uh, an update on our stock watch, our preseason stock watch, which players are hot, which players are not, um, and everything else that we have from tonight. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and follow us on your favorite podcast app. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.